some kind of disturbance. I'm gonna go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment. Who are you people? I want a coffee! You, you, you are now to 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 Where love and life come together. Come together. From the Spacebird Media Studios, it's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Hey, we're Roxanne and Ace, and so glad to be back. Another great week. And, of course, Roxanne, freshly back from Paris. And I was surprised you're not wearing one of your little berets. They were so cute. (laughs) Thank you. I should have done that. Listen, the trip was glorious. The culmination of a decade-old dream that we planned and saved for. Went to London, then to Paris. Took the Euro train to get from London to Paris. And London is regal and eclectic and full of history. And there I am in my fuzzy black hat looking at the changing of the guard Mm -hmm. and flipping out. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And to know that you're standing outside King Charles residence. Yeah. It's like the most bizarre thing. And then to be on the Beatles tour. And I thought of you the whole time and Mm. go to Abbey Road Studios to go to Paul McCartney's home and his office and the last place they ever performed live up on the roof, which is featured in several documentaries. There I am standing in front of that building, you know, the history and then Paris, it's called the city of love for a reason. It's so romantic. Every cafe, the food is just so divine. You know, Wayne said, are we moaning through dinners? Right. Okay, I didn't realize I was, but yeah, I shouldn't do that. And then one of the tours we did was sweet and savory. And so we've got this lovely Parisian uh, guide who's got this great hair and this thick accent, and he's just wonderful. And he takes us to all these shops of chocolates and pastries that just melt in your mouth. And then you sample the wines of each region and they hold up a map and they say, this wine was created here. Mm. This wine was created here. It was just divine. It was, and the Paris airport is even beautiful. I mean, the Paris airport is worthy of photographs. And then you get to O'Hare in Chicago (laughs) and you find out what real ugly is. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened to O'Hare airport, but it does not need to be seen ever. Yeah. So it was wonderful and fantastic. And thank you for letting me talk about it because it was a big, big birthday. Not going to say which one, but it was a big, big birthday. And to be under the Eiffel Tower at daybreak was marvelous. But it was 30 degrees with gale force winds Mm. and rain. And we had a professional photographer there. And she kept saying, Wayne, you're not cold. And half of the pictures are seriously him going. (laughs) (laughs) Trying not to show just how cold it is. No, this is beautiful fall-like weather in Paris. Wayne, you're not cold. And I had to remind him that I had an itsy bitsy teeny weeny excuse for a dress on, which meant I was near nude in the 30 degree gale force winds. He had a suit on. Not the same. (laughs) Right. Men, men are wimps when it comes to certain things. Women are like, I am getting the perfect photo. Get out of my way. 
Like that's, <laughs> and, and I knew that was your agenda. So, and yes. you did, the, the photos were great. So uh, I applaud Wayne for braving the cold for the perfect <laughs> photograph and glad you made it back safely. We want to say thanks to My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group for making this week possible. Uh, before we get into anything, something that happened while you were gone, which I know has affected, I think, everyone who has grown up or watched Friends, uh, but the passing of Matthew Perry, uh, sudden, I mean, it, it has hit. I, th I think every generation, because if you were the generation like I was that grew up watching it and spending every Thursday night, you know, from friends to ER, man, that was that was our Thursday night ritual. And then now to think about that, we're at a time and age where we have to say goodbye to one of them. And he was still too young, even at that, even if this was 20 years from now, we were doing this show and we lost a member of friends. It would still be too young, in my opinion. But. Just to lose him so suddenly, uh, it's it's affected everyone. And 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 the thing, and I don't know if you knew this, but when he started out in Hollywood, he made a deal with God. He was like, "God, use me, but make me famous." And he's like, "Just whatever it is, I I will do it. Just make me famous and use me." And the thing that I love is how transparent he's been about his addictions. And and while you may not hear Jesus out of his mouth, and I don't fully know the state of his faith, nor would I put him on a pedestal because of that one statement, but it is a reminder that when you make a deal with God, he is listening. And 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 it was, you know, very much rooted in he knew that his fame was what it was because of that promise and was very blessed to be a part of it, which is why he got emotional during the reunion, because he realized that fruition that had kind of played itself out. And then even at his wedding or at his funeral, rather, the song Don't Give Up by Peter Gabriel was playing in the background as people were coming in. And for those who know the song, and you should look it up um, because the lyrics, it's like a message from him of, you know, don't give up no matter what the world looks like. You still have friends, you know, all these things. And I mean, what a testimony and a legacy, not just in a 10 year run of a TV show, but a legacy that he left behind just with that alone. What a wonderful human being. He wanted to be known from what I've read more for starting a rehabilitation center and helping those with addictions than being famous on friends. Yeah. And so he had the opportunity to help so many people. Do we know a cause of death yet? Are I have not. Aware? Yeah, I have not heard anything, but I've also tried to stay away from a lot of it because you never know and speculation. And then everybody starts smack talking about what he was doing days before. Uh, but those that were around him prior to his death said he was in great spirits and you know looking forward to opportunities and projects and speaking engagements and things that he had coming up. So it 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 really was sudden. It wasn't like it was a slow, like a three day window where he got sick and then just fell down, you know, hill from there. Uh, but um, just the the connection, because, you know, like introducing my girls to friends when they were old enough to officially watch it. And then the fact that they made the connection with the characters like their mom and I did when we were watching it in college and, you know, and all of that. And 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 you check in on people like, I mean, I, I know he's a celebrity and I didn't know him personally, but you feel connected because of the memories you made watching them do what they love. Right. And I think that's the thing that, you know, as people, you know, were posting their own little memorial things 
about just as a fan because you felt like you did know him. You felt like, and anything that he was in after Friends was just a modification of the Chandler character because he had done it so long. And I think people kind of saw, oh, it's it's Chandler, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you just, you know, there it was. I, I think the one that hit me hard was someone posted a picture from an episode of Friends where Joey, um, Matt LeBlanc is in an empty, is in the recliner in their apartment. And then the recliner next to it is empty because it's from the episode where they, you know, split and were living in different apartments. And, and that, that meme, it hit like, it, like I, like I was moved, but that really hit me because I was like, man, you know, and so just, you know, praying for those that are, were closest to him and, and, and knowing that, you know, his legacy will live on. I know that uh, for you being in London at Abbey Road, I wanted to ask if you'd had a chance to listen to the new Beatles song yet. No. Did you even know that it exists? No. Okay. I didn't know since you were at Abbey Road, if like yeah. there was like flyers and banners and hey, new Beatle record. And so, so here's the thing for those who don't know, cause you may not okay. be the only one who doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Yoko had given, when they did the anthology, Yoko had given Paul and the boys three unreleased John Lennon demos, like on, on actual cassette. And so Free as a Bird and Real Love came from that original anthology and was released in the ABC miniseries. Well, they started working on this song called Now and Then. It's a very intimate song. It's, you know, it's, I mean, it's John, but the, the vocal and the keyboard or the piano was very muddled together on this very old cassette because he recorded it in the 70s. <clears throat> so with AI technology, they were able to separate the vocal and the piano to give a very clear, almost to the point where you would swear he recorded it yesterday in a high studio. And the demo alone, as a John Lennon fan, I, I love it because it's him in that intimacy of I'm trying to write something that, cause he was always of the mindset, tell the truth and make it fun. And so he was really emoting some emotions in the lyrics of now and then. So the boys with AI's help went back into the studio, finished the song. So they've got parts of George, of course, you know, George has passed since 2001. So parts of George is on there. You've got John on there singing and playing and now, you know, Ringo and, 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 and with, with Paul and John doing vocals the way they used to, where you hear that harmony, it's, it's chill bumps. Like it's not the greatest Beatles song. And by no means would I even call it a Beatles song. It's the Beatles doing a song together, but it, it's, it's moving to see that. And to know that it's number one, the first time in like 34 years to know that, you know, we live in a day and age where the Rolling Stones have a number one album. The Beatles have a number one single. And everyone else is freaking out over Taylor Swift tickets and, you know, whatever. It's it, it's good to know that music still can be music no matter when it was recorded. Well, how wonderful that Yoko could do that. She's 90 and has dementia. And we went to the place where she and John met. And that was really a lot of people can't stand Yoko and all that. But yeah. Their love story was really intense. They met and were practically joined at the hip from that moment on. I yeah. mean, they they fell madly in love almost instantaneously. Yeah. And we got to hear about that love story. So how wonderful. I can't wait to hear it. 
I'm embarrassed I haven't, but I know it's you're in Paris. I mean, you you can listen to music anytime. You can't be in Paris all the time. <laughs> well, some lovely news, I think, about Tony Evans, the incredible pastor who's written so many books and has been so important to so many people. He's engaged. Mm. And he lost his wife, Lois. It was a very big deal. It's been four years. But he was really concerned about telling his congregation, I'm engaged in introducing them to his bride, who also lost her husband. And he had his adult children with him when he did it. And he didn't want it to be disrespectful of the legacy that she had was so well loved. Yeah. But there is a point to be made. Well over half of married women over 75 have gone through the death of a husband at some point. Widows and widowers are more likely to have adult children since the older you are, the more likely you are to have lost a spouse. And it's estimated between 30 and 40% of weddings today are involved in blended families. That happened with you. It happened with me. It's yeah. very common. Yeah. But he had to just be gentle making that announcement because it's very hard. You're still grieving. You'll never be the same. Yeah. But well, and for those there's that, new love. Yeah. And those that date as adults, whether it's, you know, you lost a spouse or, you know, a divorce, whatever the reason is, the older we get, love is a little more complicated. It's, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not like, you know, the love songs we grew up on, you know, it, 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 or maybe it is. And they finally make sense, you know, who knows, but I, I will applaud him in the fact that he was able to find someone that he, that he even, he himself even said, I feel safe with you, you know, and, and, and that's what ultimately you're looking for in a spouse, but to do it with ministry eyes, like, because every step you take because of who he is. Not not only to the public as a man of God, but also as a man of God. That is speaking as a man of God. That is hard. So you know, good for Tony. It's exciting. Apple users bashing the new iPhone 57, saying Apple's creativity died with Steve Jobs. Yes, there's mm -hmm. a different kind of glass. So what? Ho hum. They say it's a little lighter. So what? Ho hum. It is just not being met with a lot of excitement. I would say as an iPhone fan and and obsessive about it, like I won't use any other phone, especially when my mom has problems with her non iPhone. I am like, mom, I don't know how to fix this. Like there's so many hoops you got to jump through to get to this setting and this app and this thing, and this is deleted and it's ugh. so I will say, what more do we need the device to do? Like, I mean, he, he created a device that we didn't even know we needed. So how much how much more creativity do you need from a man? <laughs> well, that's true. And then there's AI. And then there's do not mess with Tom Hanks. Can I no. say that on this program? Tom Hanks is my favorite actor of all time. I love Tom Hanks. Genuine. And whoever did this, bad, 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 bad. They are making AI is making Tom Hanks sell stuff. It's not the real Tom Hanks. And he he just said, that's not me. Please understand I'm not selling things. I don't need to do that. But what, what makes him so delightful is he's not against AI, you know. And if you look back to the movies he's made, you know, that's been a component. He knew when he made that movie with the train. What What is it called? Polar I'm still. Express. Yeah. 
-hmm. He knew that it was going to happen. Yeah. And what he said was this, and it's pretty funny. He said, it gives me a chance at going back to 32. Yeah. I <laughs> if they can de-age you, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look what they did with Harrison Ford in the latest Indiana Jones movie. I mean, half that movie was him de-aged and it was great. I mean, the technology is there and, and I'm on board for it. But again, let let celebrities give you the rights. They're not against you doing it because they can't be in all places and endorse all things. I mean, they have to have they have the same 24 hour day that the rest of us, you know, slackers do. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think they're on board for using it in the ways that it's being used illegally or inappropriately. But just ask the actors first, ask, ask the musicians, hey, we want to use this to influence this and, and this bot and that bot. And yeah, sure. Just pay me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm contributing to the world, you know. <laughs> And just give me some Roxanne blend of coffee because it's marvelous. It tastes so good. And this is the season. You know, a lot of people have everything. If they want something, they go buy it. So for Christmas, which is going to be here before you know it, normally I would have Christmas out already, but I've been traveling. Yes. I'm an early Christmas person. So what you do is you go to mybrotherscup.com, you click on the Roxanne blend, you give it as a gift, they send it out quick, and it's wonderful, and it sends missionaries around the world proclaiming the gospel. Yeah, easy to do, and of course, a perfect holiday gift, especially if you've got that coffee lover. There's a mug that goes with it, so you can just get the whole assorted Roxanne set, put it under the tree, make everybody happy campers. Find out more at roxanneandace.com. We say ridiculous things as Christians. We just do. When somebody's having a problem, we say things like, what is God trying to teach you? Oh, that's so embarrassing. Oh. We say things like, what lesson are you learning from this? Yeah. And it gives us a bad rep. When someone's hurting, what are the things to do? Well, let's look at Jesus himself. He said things like, why, oh, Lord, do you stand far away? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you sleeping, oh, Lord, is in the Psalms. Why do you cast my soul away? You know, David used to always say stuff like, where are you, God? My enemies yeah. are eating me alive. Here's the thing. The Lord didn't minimize the suffering. The Lord understood. He listens with compassion and humility. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Well, and I know for many that, you know, celebrate All Saints Day in their, you know, church or parish or diocese, wherever it is, you know, that's an opportunity to honor those that have gone before us, right? They're the ones that have gone on to heaven and sainthood and all that stuff. And something the priest said on Sunday that really resonated is that we oftentimes, the people that have passed, we, we only want to remember the wonderful things about them. Or if you're, you know, honoring saints, you know, whether that be Mother Teresa or Mother Angelica or whoever it is, you've got these people who are looking at it from the perspective of how, you know, they're saints because they were wonderful people. But they also had suffering. They also had, you know, difficult times and, and, and maybe had attitudes and tempers and, you know, didn't always say the right thing. And, you know, and those kinds of things. So why wouldn't Jesus have an understanding of the pain and suffering we're going through? Because again, while saints have gone on, we are living saints. We are to project the love and the light of Christ to the world. 
And what better way to do that than to go, this is what I'm going through, and this is how I see God working. I'm not sure how it's going to finish out, but I'm trusting him. I mean, what a testimony that says to someone, because again, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that he's got us and we know that he's not surprised by the things that are happening. Well, a man walked up to our street ministry yesterday and a couple of weeks ago, his 42 year old son was shot while sitting in a car by the airport here in central Alabama. Mm -hmm. He was shot nine times. He was, and they don't know why, and they didn't get the guy. And it was fresh, and he hadn't eaten much because he was so depressed. And we were there feeding people. And um, one of our team members walked up to him and said, man, I can't possibly understand what you're feeling. Will you tell me about it? Hmm. That was what he needed more than me trying to get all fancy. And, oh, let me, he needed to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing, too, because I I, and I'm guilty of this as much as I say it out loud to anyone who else is, is we're quick when someone's hurting. We're we're quick as believers to say something that we think will comfort that person. But we all know, because when we've been in our pain, when those same things have been said to us, they didn't bring us comfort. It was only with time and not just time, but time with God that we were able to see that pain eased. Or when it starts to trigger back up, we know that we can lean on God to go, God, this is getting to me again. And we can always constantly be retrieving back into God's arms. But don't just say it because you don't know what to say. Just say, just hold their hand and say, if you need anything, I'm here. Oh, that's good. Because that's, really that, good. that's what people want to know is that, you know, I'm. I, I lost my spouse and I don't I, I don't I can't go to the grocery store, but my kids need food or the leaves and the grass are out of control and I'm overwhelmed in bed and just don't know how to deal with this. And you that part of it, you can do. You can rake a leaf. You can mow a lawn. You can check the mail. You can bring them groceries. You can make a meal. You know, those are the things that can show love. And you don't have to say anything stupid when you drop those things off. Just drop. If you need anything, let me know. And then walk away. Ooh, that's good, Ace. That that solves some problems. Actions speak louder than words. Amen. That's fabulous. You know, a guy you can call and confide in and say, listen, I'm scared. I don't know if I'll ever be able to own a home. You know, maybe your credit's funky. A lot of people have been through a lot and you've just kind of given up on that dream. Don't do it. Yep. Don't do it. Call to renewal at Birmingham Mortgage Group. Yeah, of course, it's great, too, because with the economy being kind of blown up right now, you never know from one day to the next what's going on. And let's be honest, most of our credits are funky. You know, let us it's not a beat you can dance to. It's something you want to bury, but he can make it play to your advantage. So find out how you can not only get help in Alabama, but also Florida when you go to BehamMortgage.com or call Turin at 205-259-1656. Hey, we are Roxanne and Ace Unlimited, as we love to get a chance to give you more educational, spiritual content, and especially when it comes to reading, Roxanne's always at the top of the next suggestion of books. So we're looking forward to our guest this week. Well, this guy, oh my goodness, we need three hours with what he's done with his life. It's unbelievable. He's traveled to more than 30 countries 
Asia, Africa, Europe, you name it, the Americas, documenting stories. He is an award-winning director. He's got Best Picture Awards. It's really neat. We've talked to him previously on our radio show, and it was one of the best interviews ever. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Fascinating guy. And he's also a best-selling author. His latest book, Sons of the Father, Becoming Brothers with Jesus Christ. I love that name. It's so great. We're excited to welcome to the show, Daniel Cumin. Hi. Daniel, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's good to chat with you guys again. So, Daniel, I know that, you know, for many of us, we may not have seen all of your projects. What's what's something that people would identify as maybe the top worker or an actor that you've worked with so that they can immediately know where your heart is as you're taking your art and your faith and bringing it together? Yeah, for sure. One of the projects some people may have come across is a film about it's a based on a true story. It's a human trafficking drama uh, called She Has a Name that people may have come across on Prime or on some different platforms. It's got William Lee from ABC's The Good Doctor. It's got Eugenia Yun from uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, one of those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, another series we did um, based on my last book is called Breath of Life. Some people might have seen that. Um, it's a kind of a re- imagining of the biblical creation account and trying to place a modern audience into the story of what happened in the Garden of Eden. Let's talk about how you got involved in all this. How did the Lord get a hold of you in such a strong way that you wanted to spend your life bringing people closer to Christ? I think he kind of tricked me into it. It was a really good trick. Um, I, I had <laughs> dreams of pursuing Hollywood filmmaking, and that that was a good trap. Um, I, I think the, the excitement of, you know, someday having my name on a billboard in Hollywood when I was 17, 18 years old kind of got me started, bought my first camera. It's somewhere on the shelf behind me if people are watching, but um, I spent $500 on eBay. This first day a light bulb came on because it was actually a, it was a, favorite teacher of mine said, if there's one career you should never do, it's become a film director. And um, <laughs> it wasn't entirely just pure rebellion that made me pursue it, but it was kind of the challenge of like, man, that sounds like it's going to be hard and I should maybe think about this more seriously. And so that was my light bulb moment. Um, shared it with my brothers. I'm the youngest of, there's four uh, Kuman brothers and I shared it with the two next uh, ones in line there. And um just that, you know, I want to go to film school, start pursuing stories. And they were like, hey, that's kind of what we want to do. So three of us um, invested in equipment. And in 2006, which is a while ago, we set out to make our first film. And we traveled to Kenya, India, Thailand, Malaysia. And this is why I say God kind of tricked us into it. Because we, when we were out in the world, seeing the creation, seeing and hearing the stories of real people, it was like, man, like there's so many important stories that need telling. And that's really what hooked us on documentaries at the beginning. And we were like learning about human trafficking and about, you know, modern day slavery and about the AIDS spent, you know, epidemic and all these different things. And it was like, we need to tell these stories and people's hearts need to be touched because our hearts were so gripped. So that's how we got started. Daniel, I know, you know, for those that have been in church, even for a minute, we've heard, you know, that he'll be a father to the fatherless. And a lot of times that's hard for people to connect with because they don't have a great relationship with their own father. So now you're throwing brothers into the mix of the family analogies, which may or may not be healthy on earth. Explain how do we even begin to have a healthy brotherly relationship with Christ? Yeah, this is really good. And this is where my recent book, Sons of the Father, comes from is. 
I was doing some deep dives into the Hebrew on my previous project to kind of read the Old Testament with reference to the Hebrew words. And that's where I discovered that, you know, this idea of breath and the father breathing on us was so incredible. And it actually is what animated humanity to become living souls and to be actually reflective of God's image was that he breathed his living spirit onto us. And in that process, it was like one of the dawning moments was that in the genealogy of, you know, going through like David and Abraham and all these amazing names of our faith, um, it ends with, and Adam was the son of God. (laughs) And I I read that, I looked at that and my eyes kind of got big and I read it again. And then I, you know, looked at different versions. I was like, okay, this is not a typo. You know, this is like Mm -hmm. Adam was the son of the heavenly father. And his relationship was marred and was broken because of sin. Him and, you know, Adam and Eve sinned and rebelled against God and they were separated. But the entire Bible at this point, I realized was a theme about sonship. It's a theme about becoming in right relationship again with the father. And the definition of sonship is right relationship with the father. And that is the number one target in the world of sons and daughters is that their relationship with their earthly father would be broken so that their relationship with their heavenly father would be broken because that is the entire scheme of the enemy. And there is an enemy. And mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the things that as I've you know learned about the lives of orphans and, and tried to help and restore orphans in Thailand and Tanzania is that if they don't have a recognition of who their heavenly father is, there's actually no hope for healing. There's actually no hope for transformation. Mm -hmm. But when they see that the father, God in heaven loves them, is not a judge ready to bring down a hammer, but he actually sent down his son to restore relationships so that they could be sons of God. That just absolutely blew my mind. And then I realized that the stories of Jesus, the parables, the tales, the things that he does in his actual ministry is to restore sonship. And he's the son of the father. And so Mm -hmm. it's this incredible, incredible theme. And um, it really starts with recognizing to your question that the father in heaven is actually seeking a relationship with us as his children. I want to know more about your work with orphans. Are they orphaned mainly due to the AIDS epidemic or is it war or a combo or poverty? Great question. Um, so I would say it's a little bit different in the two countries that I spent most of my time in ministry would be Tanzania and Thailand. I'd say in Tanzania, it's primarily AIDS and other diseases, malaria, different things that have caused kids to become orphans. Um, and so they, I mean, even miraculously, some of them might have parents that had AIDS and then they will be born and they don't have AIDS and then they're in this world and they don't have parents. Um, so there's so many stories of just kids that have been left because of, of AIDS and malaria, but um, and malnutrition is another thing. And as you know, Tanzania gets a little bit more inching towards becoming having a middle class, some of those numbers are going down, but there's just an unbelievable amount of orphans in um, sub-Saharan Africa. And largely from that, in Thailand, I would say a lot of it's because of human trafficking. And so there would be people that actually do have parents, but they've been orphaned um, by their own families for the quote unquote purpose of supporting the family and, you know, sending their young as like an offering into the the human trafficking and slavery, whether that be work or sexual slavery. And so there's, there's both, I think what your question reveals is there's physical orphans and there's spiritual orphans. And um, there has been a statement. I don't know if this is true. You guys can see what you think, but there's a little bit of orphan in every one of us. <laughs> um, mm, and that, that is probably what I'm trying to uncover with this book, Sons of the Father, is that we need to just get rid of any orphan spirit that remains in us. And it's difficult because some of us might literally be orphans, right? 
Um, and that is not something to take lightly, but God will restore and he seeks to be our actual father. And so I think, I think that's something that is exciting to dig into is that we can have that relationship corrected through the son of God, Jesus Christ. Daniel, do you feel like that with each new film project uh, that you're finding another cause to get on board for? <laughs> like, it's like, it, it, and, and then you're so emotionally invested. I would think it would be even more difficult to then tell that story because now you're emotionally connected to what's happening. I think you're so right. I mean, I remember my grandma when I was a kid, she was saying, oh, another letter from, you know, such and such organization, something I got to support because when your heart is open and aware to these things, it's just like, man, there, there's literally opportunity everywhere to serve and to give. Um, you have to be careful not to drown yourself in it sometimes, but it's, it's true um, with our film projects. It's like, it, whether it was a documentary about AIDS orphans, and then we did a series about um, assisted suicide and the absolute chaos that's created in Canada. And, that, you know, whatever the cause might be, there's 100 organizations that are out there working. Um, the she has a name project. There was three specific agencies that we partnered with internationally. There is just a, that that's the encouraging part. It's also also could be equally overwhelming. It's like, how many more do we need because of how much damage has been done in the world? But um, that's the thing we encourage people to do is find a local organization or someone that you have a real like tangible connection with that is doing the work. You don't have to start something new. Yeah. You can partner with existing things and just sow your seeds there. Can you share with us a miracle that God did that you were able to witness? Oh, wow. So many miracles. Um, one of the, the things that I've seen is just how when we put ourselves into a position of ministering for God, like so I lead a team every year to Tanzania and you end up in these situations where if God doesn't show up, I mean, you're utterly ruined because there's just crazy things happen when you're in the mission field. Um, you know, there's been things like we've had passengers would get stranded if God doesn't send some miraculous breakthrough that we need with a visa office or with a some sort of transaction needs to happen. And it doesn't even make sense, but it happens within the last five minutes of the deadline. And that kind of stuff is just commonplace in the missions. But um, we've also seen healings and we've seen some amazing spiritual healings as well, where hearts are deeply, deeply wounded, but they're restored because of the really the light bulb coming on that they are a son or daughter of God, that they're made in God's image. That's one of the things that we say when we go to classrooms in Tanzania or in Thailand is just looking someone in the eyes and saying, you are made in the image of God. God adores you. God made you. God knows you. You are called to be his child, like his actual son or daughter. And when somebody has the moment where the light bulb does come on for them, because there's a lot of layers that a lot of people have built up. But if they allow the Holy Spirit to touch their heart, then pretty much any single time that happens, it's a miracle because the miracle of salvation is probably the greatest miracle possible. And we've seen like on our recent trip, um, probably about a dozen or more just personal interactions where people give their hearts to the Lord. And that's such a beautiful thing. That's awesome. Daniel Kuban's been our guest. The book is called Sons of the Father. You can pick it up wherever books are sold. And thanks for just rallying the cause, man, and lighting that fire for so many uh, and and helping to just do what God calls you to do. I, I love seeing what each new project you're doing because then it reminds me that I'm not allowed to say no. So I love that you just, <laughs> God says go and you say yes. So Daniel, thanks so much for what you're doing, man. Yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate it. One last thing before we dash out the door, Ace. Gen Z says skinny jeans are out. Thank the Lord. 
Wait, you don't rid- like skinny jeans? I don't like wearing skinny jeans. Like the tight, like I'm I look good in them, but I don't want to wear them. Like they I want to put on my dad jeans and let the butt sag a little bit, you know, and just kind of be comfortable. Oh, I just the second I get used to something I like it, I had to get rid of it because they tell me it's not I mean, okay. I've <laughs> I do have some wide leg jeans, but yeah. I just feel keep my skinny jeans and they aren't cute anymore. So I, and, and they're so emphatic about it. Okay. On TikTok, they're telling our generation to burn them. Like, I guess they burn bras at one time. Right. Now I had to burn my skinny jeans. Okay. So two things, first of all, coming from a woman <laughs> who has a different wig every episode, I don't think you're going to listen to anybody tell you to burn anything. But also something that Gen Z, if you haven't learned about Gen X or others before us, we're going to do what we're going to do. We're going to wear what we're going to wear and you ain't going to stop us. So deal with that. And we'll come back next week and digest it together if you need some help. Deal with it. I love you so much. I love you, too. Have a great weekend. Thanks again to My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group for making this possible. And also subscribe, like and follow. So we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneandAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.